Content in this podcast is not financial or investment advice. Um, we've been focused the past six weeks on actually launching our own metaverse. And let me tap into that a little bit, you know? So over the past six months, as we started our Genesis and Drop One collection, um, we knew that having avatars and having metaverse compatibility would be the future, okay? And it comes down to very simple logic, right? We were successful selling a digital collection, okay? So a digital asset tied to physical. But in our revenue model moving forward, we can also sell digital onlys, okay? Digital wearables on avatars that can flex these digital wearables or monks different metaverses, for example, Decentraland or Sandbox are some of the biggest, right? But at the same time, we can sell physicals only as well. Hi, I'm Mike D'Annunzio. Welcome to another edition of Metaverse Matters by Pebble Ventures. Today, I'm really fortunate to be joined by George Yang. He is the founder of Colt and Rain, which is positioned as one of the first luxury fashion houses born from crypto. George has an amazing story, both from all of his expertise from Parsons to major brands working all across the world and then making a complete pivot into Web3. And George launched Cult and Rain just several months ago and has an incredible vision, which he shares about where he's taking this brand, both from a physical standpoint, a digital standpoint, and an experiential standpoint. So really lucky to have George come on. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. So let's get to it. Uh, welcome to the next episode of Metaverse Matters. I'm here with George Yang, who is the founder of a new Web3 brand called Cult and Rain. George brings an amazing background in traditional fashion, as well as technology and business, and now has launched this new venture, which I'm really excited to talk about today. So, George, welcome. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, Michael. It's a true pleasure. That's great. So, why don't you just tell me how... Um, Actually, maybe we'll start with your background. So you've got this traditional fashion background. You've worked at some amazing places all over the world. Why don't you talk a little bit about how that has kind of led or informed or inspired you to do Colton Rain? Yeah, so I actually started from a business background. You know, I went to school, University of Texas in Austin with a business degree in marketing. Um, got all my internships back then in technology, you know, between Compact Computers, IBM, This was around 2002 when I graduated and decided actually to first jump into tech. So I worked at IBM as a product manager for about a year. And then I decided that, you know, this really wasn't the path that I wanted to take and literally kind of just applied to Parsons School of Design on a whim and just said, okay, if I get in based on my, let's say, creative abilities of sketching, that I might consider moving to New York and starting from scratch. So lo and behold, I got accepted, decided to kind of leave tech behind, packed up two suitcases and ended up in New York City. So I started my fashion career uh, studying at Parsons and then I've worked for companies such as DKNY, Uh, I worked at John Barbados, I helped launch Theory uh, Menswear from 2000 four to 2010 which was a which was a great run under visionary 
you know, founder and CEO, Andrew Rosen. Um, definitely learned a lot there from that school and then got recruited to Milan in 2010 and became design director at Costume National, which is a luxury high-end um, Italian fashion brand. Uh, from there, I worked for about three years, got recruited to Paris, worked for a French maison uh, called Guilleroche, uh, did a consultancy stint there for about a couple seasons. And then in the past seven years, I six years, worked at Ceruti Paris, also as design director uh, for men's and women's, and basically did runway fashion for the past 10 years. Really? Um, I decided to give that up and kind of turn into entrepreneurship um, 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Uh, and I just felt that, you know, it was time to start my own brand, okay, after all these years. But most of all, I think what drew me to Web3 was the fact that I felt the fashion system was um, broken, to be honest mm. with you. You know, before I left, I was designing like 10 collections a year, you know? So there were multiple reasons why I just felt like, you know, the system had broke. For example, I'm not a believer in wholesale, okay? I believe yeah. in direct to consumer. Sure. Uh, I'm definitely more of a DTC, let's say mindset, uh, more brick or more brick and mortar, or let's say direct to consumer, e-com, and obviously now metaverse, right? Um, so that was one of the reasons. Sustainability was another reason why I decided to start our new model because we were just producing way too much clothes, you know? And then also timing, right? So because of the wholesale model, you know, you're showcasing a collection in spring, but you're actually selling, you know, winter clothes, vice versa. So I just felt that from inception to the end, it just took way too long. And customers nowadays, they expect really see now, buy now, right? So I decided to move back to New York, okay, with my wife and kind of jump head into Web3. And my initial idea had nothing to do with NFTs or metaverse yet. Yeah. Um, I've always been a sneakerhead. You have, okay. Yeah, for kind of the past 20 years. And I have a massive collection and after kind of doing runway collections for 10 years you know i was kind of more inspired by designing shoes because it was something close to me and it was something new for me as well right yeah. uh, i wanted to stay focused very focused on a category right. that would kind of become the foundation of a brand and i dipped into web3 and blockchain not on the crypto side and not on the NFT side first. It was based on an idea of putting a chip inside a shoe. Because when I moved from Paris to New York, I unloaded a lot of my collection, you know, I guess for road money, let's say. And the fact that my wife just wanted, couldn't stand anymore, you know, all my shoes stacked up all over the place around the house. So I sold a good chunk of it. And what happened was, some resellers came back to me, you know, and told me that my shoe was fake. Really? Yeah. So I had been polishing and, you know, holding on to these treasures of mine for years, not wearing them, keeping right. them in like climate control and boxes. And I was kind of like heartbroken when that when they told me. So I said, well, 
there has to be a way. Who are you to tell me that this is fake? For example, StockX, right? I know these details more than you. I've studied it. So if you're an expert, I'm an expert too, right? Right. But of course, um, I just thought there was a better way. So why not? And then I started researching, let's say, blockchain technology for authentication and ownership transferring. That's kind of my first initial idea. Putting a, you know, NFC chip inside a chew, tying that to blockchain from inception, from the production level, and then throughout the supply chain, you could track it. And then at the end of the supply chain, when it gets shipped to me, right, I can then scan it with my iPhone and be authenticated. And, you know, the ownership would be registered on the blockchain. Then from me to you, you can then, right, scan it and claim ownership of it, authenticate it, and then so on and so forth. So if I ever got to a reseller like StockX or eBay, you know, the expert there could do the same to validate, right? So that was kind of a clever concept I thought about. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to start with sneakers, that's kind of what I'm going to fundraise on, right? Because at that point, it was version 1.0. So I went down this fundraising path, you know, as an new entrepreneur, super exciting, putting together a team, you know, meeting with different investors based on a business plan, based on a P&L. And basically at the end of the day, I pretty much struck out after three months of pitching, you know, because every single person came to me and was like, you know, it takes too long to make money. The capital investment in the beginning is way too high to produce made in Italy shoes because I believe in a scarcity model, in a luxury model. I wanted to go super high-end fashion. Um, So at that point, um, I needed to decide whether or not to pivot, right? And I did get an LOI on like, you know, um, on um, 500K, but they wanted a huge percentage of equity. So I didn't take the deal at the end. Um, So at that point, um, I saw that you know, NFT market started to heat up, right? And I knew, I knew way back then, this was about, yeah, like 10, 11 months ago, okay, that if digital assets had value in them, meaning if you could tie a JPEG and call it an original art piece because it was tied to blockchain, you know, whether that's uh, a JPEG or MP4 file, anything that's a digital file, I knew that that would change the world, you know? Really? But, hundred percent, you know, because as a designer and as a creative, you know, we're always playing around with digital, let's say, um, imagery, right? Yeah. And we're all, we would take imagery in, use it as inspiration, as mood boards, you know, but if these imagery or these assets could be classified as original artwork, right? right? Then the game changes, you know, absolutely. So at that point, I thought of an idea of, you know, basically crowdfunding, I would say, right? Crowdfunding from the Web3 community uh, with an NFT collection that were, let's say, super radical 3D animation designs, okay? But matched with the physical twin, right? Matched with the made in Italy luxury sneaker physical twin as a package because when I started shopping for NFTs in the beginning, 
you know, the utilities attached were really kind of like the VIP pass into their community, right? Into their world. And was very speculative, right? When it came to a PFP project, you're basically trading a JPEG image, you know, with utilities of access into their community, you have certain perks, but the main, let's say, draw of it was that you could trade it in open market and you could, you know, turn a profit on it, right? Almost became like um, a stock at the end. So I thought, well, I could bring fashion into Web3, luxury fashion into Web3, tie these assets to a physical, and then you would have kind of two for the price of one, right? Not only would you own an NFT, kind of our VIP pass into Colton Rain with uh, a lot of perks to it, right? Access to events, future discounts uh, on, let's say, future drops, uh, first of the line, future um, reservation lists, et cetera, et cetera. We have a long list of utilities, but the main utility would become the shoe. And this, um, I would say, formula or this plan would also be made to order, right? So you purchase the NFT first, and then based on the units that we sold, we would then produce it um, kind of bespoke, okay? And this way we would solve, right, stock problems. We would obviously solve a lot of sustainability problems, right? Because you know, producing samples in normal traditional fashion way, you're wasting a lot of materials, right, at the end. And also goods that aren't sold at the end are always marked down and eventually they all end up in landfills, right? So, you know, we came up with this clever idea with my team and then we just decided at that point to kind of go all in, right? So I essentially put in my life savings into the project and self-funded it at that point and took a huge gamble um, before, you know, before we launched our Genesis collection in February. So we were very lucky, you know, we kind of caught the market at the right time and we ended up um, selling and generating about 1.8, um, 1.9 million in revenue, okay? Which was pretty much the number that I was fundraising, you know, on version 1.0. So from that sale, which occurred over, you know, like a three-day period, we, we uh, realized the power of, let's say, Web3, you know. But of course, we had to build our community grounds up because the street credibility within Web3 is super important. So we built our community, we opened Discord, we opened Twitter, um, and we started, you know, partnering up with different communities as well as collaboration. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that, how you how you did that, because building community is incredibly important in this new world that we're in it, but it's also incredibly challenging. It's not easy to build engage. I'd love to hear more about how you guys approached it because you were successful at it. Hundred percent. When we started our marketing campaign, we kind of, you know, because our executive team, our leadership team is built across fashion, entertainment and technology. You know, so we come from, you know, most of us have like 20, 25 years experience in traditional fashion business. Okay. Of course, you know, most of us have experience in web two, you know, e-commerce, social media, you know, that for me is web two. Um, but the web three side was so new. It was such a new venture 
that it only pertained to our advisors or our technology team. You know, um, there wasn't really a formula yet on how do you market to customers of Web three, right? right? At that point, this was back in, you know, like December, right, in November. Just like so, like dog ears. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that in Web three is. You know, we always say a month is like a year, right? A right. week is a month because the space is moving so fast. We had the option to market the web two way. So find an influencer or find an artist or find a celebrity to kind of promote the brand. But we knew that that would be shunned by the web three community because they're very much um, a tight knit, a group that is, you know, I would say like anti-establishment, okay? And the reason why they all jumped on the Web3 bandwagon is they also wanted to leave the traditional old world behind and venture into something that was decentralized, right? Something that was fully transparent, which is another big reason, sorry, that I decided to jump into Web3 was transparency. You know, the fact that you can see every transaction on a blockchain for me is really important that there's not one big brother that holds all the cards, you know? Right. So we decided to take a marketing strategy of building community from grounds up. And like you said, building community is very difficult. So what we did with our Genesis drop was partner up with two communities plus three, let's say, homegrown Web3 artists. Okay. And that kind of got our street credibility going from day one obviously it wasn't easy to pitch them a startup you know from zero but when they saw our creative um let's say power right when they saw our assets when they saw our vision when they saw our website they became believers you know because we're very much keen on um creative right we're very much keen on our craft which is art and design so we are promoting a luxury brand so all of our assets that we present you know and we showcase are all at a you know to us a luxury level so we sold them on our idea and they partnered up with us and that's kind of how we gained traction in the beginning on building a community especially opening discord that would uh, that was a not an easy feat to you know attract I think we have like 6,000 members right now, you know, to build that organically over the months has definitely been challenging as well. Yeah. So how do you think about it as where you're going to go from here? So you've had this Genesis drop um, to give us an update on where you are in terms of production, delivering of the shoes, the feedback you've gotten. Really love yeah, how so, the consumers reacting to it. Great, um, great question. So right now, shoes are under production. Okay, sure. we've been producing the shoes um, starting from zero. Right, we yeah. had to invest heavily into mold production because made in Italy um, original designs are extremely expensive. You know, so I've kind of had to learn the hard way. You know, as far as producing out of Italy and all the logistics and free shipping worldwide, right? Because we're direct to consumer. So we had um, 41 countries uh, of customer base over three days, you know, so you can imagine logistics that we had to face um, because we promised to deliver door to door essentially. Um, So that's been a learning experience for sure. So the shoes are under production and we're scheduled to deliver them, you know, end of July, beginning of August. 
um, time frame right now. So um, it has taken a little bit longer than we anticipated due to the supply chain, sure. let's say um, drama, right, around right. the world. It's uh, been a shortage of materials along every aspect, okay, of our development. So that, um, that has been challenging, but, you know, we've been able to work really hard and try to solve as many problems as we can, you know, so sneakers of Genesis collection are being produced and should deliver shortly. Um, we also did a subsequent drop in right. April, uh, which were our varsity jacket drops, right. with, which we wanted to kind of branch up a level and launch a new category. And it was the same concept, digital collection. Right. So physical luxury tied with a radical, uh, you know, okay. 3D animation. Kind of same formula. And, you know, we had uh, success with that. We ended up selling about, I think, 225 NFTs, okay, nice. tied with physicals. Yeah. Uh, so we generated at that point another over $200,000 um, sure. in income. But remember, our formula is made to order, right? So it's a bespoke model. Um, obviously, more we sell, the better, you know? Sure. But at that point, the market already started to soften a little bit. It was like two months back, you know, but we still kind of caught the tailwind of that. And now, you know, our mission is to deliver the physical goods and get it in the hands of our collectors, right? We call them collectors. And we're, we're a strong believer that once they receive the goods, that everybody's going to be super content with our quality level and, you know, kind of, you know, kind of believe in our word at the end, right? Because right. this is also a credibility game where, you know, we've made big promises and now we're going to deliver it. Um, in the meantime, um, we've been focused the past six weeks on actually launching our own metaverse. And let me cap into that a little bit, you know? So over the past six months, as we started our Genesis and Drop One collection, um, we knew that having avatars and having metaverse compatibility would be the future, okay? Sure. And it comes down to very simple logic, right? We were successful selling a digital collection, right. okay? So a digital asset tied to physical. But in our revenue model moving forward, we can also sell digital onlys, okay? Right. Digital wearables on avatars that can flex these digital wearables amongst different metaverses. For example, the Decentraland or Sandbox are some of the biggest, right? But at the same time, we can sell physicals only as well, right? right. So right. we have that uh, avenue. And plus, obviously, we can still keep our secondary trade revenue, right, from OpenSea, et cetera, on our NFTs. So kind of four revenue streams, which, again, is quite interesting to a fashion brand considering the traditional model, right? So in order for us to capitalize on the digital uh, assets and the revenue of, of wearables, right. we have, we, in our roadmap, we have to launch our own avatar collection, right? Yeah. And in our roadmap, ultimately, we have to launch our own metaverse as well, okay? So the first thing we did, and again, we, we pride ourselves as being pioneers and kind of architects within this space and really pushing the envelope as far as innovation and right. technology. So 
I decided with the team to go again head first into the metaverse and develop our own metaverse experience, which is called Culture World. Okay, so we have been in development with this um, this partner of ours, Swivel Meta, based in Austin, Texas, and we're developing uh, and producing our own uh, unique metaverse experience. And the entire idea is that from our culture world, okay, which we're starting with phase one uh, with two concepts. One concept is a culture shop, okay? So a virtual shop, a metaverse shop, where you will be able to enter and social shop together with other avatars, right? Social shopping for me is also the future, okay? As the next evolution of e-commerce, right? So I'm a firm believer that soon in the future, um, brand websites will no longer have this still e-commerce still shot of a product and then you click and I think that model is going to be reinvented. So we wanted to kind of get ahead of the curve and jump straight again headfirst into it. We've created our own culture shop so that in the future you will be able to enter the shop in your avatar, okay, and have this new experience virtually and be able to pick up and purchase um, digital products physical products and digital wearables all within the shop. Got it. Okay. That's kind of an interesting idea. And right. we're building this out really as a beta proof of concept. Sure. Okay. And that's one space that we're building out. The second space we're building out is called culture lounge. Okay. So we're basically building out our own event, let's say town hall space where we can host our own parties, where we can then have our community come in uh, with their avatars, right? Where we can then debrief our community on what's happening with Colton Rain, okay, et cetera, et cetera, and create this again social virtual uh, experience for our community and our future um, collectors, right? And with this culture lounge, we will also be able to host parties moving forward, okay? Right. Sure. So this is quite an exciting concept that we're exploring as well and then there's two other spaces that are in our roadmap for phase two and phase three one is culture games okay we want to be able to have gamification built into our metaverse where you enter as your avatar and your avatar is the subject of the game so wow. kind of like squid games from yeah. netflix you know where imagine you're the avatar you're going through a maze and you fall in a hole, you die, game over. But if you make it to the end of the maze, you win a prize. Sure, sure, sure. Whether that's a future NFT uh, drop, whether that's, you know, discount, whether that's, you know, access to our community, you know, et cetera. So certain utilities will attach to that. So that's culture games. And then finally, uh, in our phase two and phase three, we're also going to build out culture pad. And culture pad is kind of your own space in your own home, for example. Okay, so that you can enter into your culture pad and you can customize the space yourself and showcase your NFTs um, from you know your collection. Right, sure. So these four spaces are kind of what we're building, and our entire metaverse lives within a digital truck. Really. Okay? So that we can park this truck 
you know, we can park this truck within other metaverses in right. the future. So, for example, within uh, Decentraland, within Sandbox, within, you know, Spatial, for example, if they go, you know, expand, and you'll be able to portal into our um, metaverse from their metaverse, vice versa. Wow. Yeah. So that's the grand vision, right? And, um, and yeah, so we're just building in steps. We know that that is the ultimate vision. We're going to launch our cultural world actually in London. You are. Okay. Tied to the Outernet building, okay, which is a digital building in the center of London. It's like a billion dollar building that has uh, basically 12K screens wrapped around. It's kind of a really groundbreaking uh, concept. Uh, that they're unveiling. Um, so it, it's like kind of like, yeah, like the Hudson Yards of London, for example. Um, so they're launching their digital building in, the, in July, and we're, they're going to be hosting Colton Rain, launching our culture world, okay, as a premiere together with Outernet. Yeah, so that'll be around July 20th, okay and we're working around that date and we're going to host an event okay where in this digital space this huge digital space massive uh, we're going to feature uh, our culture lounge and actually host a live dj party a live virtual party within yeah. the space where we're going to live stream a dj from new york okay on the screen and we're going to be partying and dancing in real life within this same space. So again, a digital experience that's kind of groundbreaking, you know, and that's where we're headed as far as metaverse compatibility and future, you know, sure. and nobody really knows the right, I, I, I guess, answer to all this, you know, but right. we're just building and we just keep pushing forward and we're kind of working towards a, a vision that we believe is the future, you know? Sure. Like, I, I, I do firmly believe that your kids, your kids' kids, okay, will spend easily half their day, okay, within that metaverse sure. with their alter ego, okay, um, alter ego avatar, and right. they will need to purchase clothes, they will need a place to live, they will need a place to socialize, they'll need a place to shop, just like real life today, you know? So for me, that will become the next evolution of, of social media, okay? Which is already evident now, right? Like sure. kids, my goddaughter, you know, in Texas, in Houston, spends a huge amount of time per day on Roblox, right. you know? So like with her, with her avatar, you know, and like her mother, you know, spends quite a bit of money per month buying digital wearables for her avatar, you know? So that generation, and she's, I think she's 11, you know? I mean, that's, right? My daughter's 12, spent, exactly. she has nine different avatars. Exactly, exactly. Depending right? on what mood she's in that day. Exactly, so that's what's happening now, that's where we're headed, and I'm a firm believer that digital fashion will take off. But with Colton Rain, we have the advantage of tying these assets 
with physicals too, you know? So it's kind of like we're, we want to become the bridge of luxury fashion sure. uh, between Web 2 and Web 3. And that's kind of my, my mission with, with the team. You know, it's interesting when I listen to what you're saying, you're in many ways to me, you're redefining what a lifestyle brand is in, in a lot of ways. You, you have so much focus on experiential and yet you have physical product as well that the way you're thinking about it, it's just very interesting to me where it's not so much about an aspiration or set in a location or around some activity but it's really built around this idea of culture and all these different types of experiences that can be personalized and interoperable, real world, digital only world. Very interesting approach that you're taking. I'm, I'm curious, do you see the future as having a lot more digital product or digital product? Or do you see most of your emphasis being on say the experiential side of what you just described? That's a great question. I mean, we we shall see. We shall see. Okay. This is definitely a work in progress. We're in uncharted territories. We're one of the few Web3 brands that's actually building our own metaverse. Right. You know? <laughs> like that's a big, right? That's a big, big aspiration. And so far what we've produced has been completely radical and in line with our you know, let's say luxury creative point of view. Um, I do believe that we will probably lean heavier on digital wearables, okay? Simply because the costs associated with it are lower, okay? Sure. I mean, if you think about our Genesis collection, you know, we sold each NFT tied with physicals at, you know, at that point, uh, 0.5 Ethereum, uh, with the market back then, it was like around $15, $16, you know? So a very expensive luxury product tied to NFT, you know? Um, what we've learned from that experience is it's a huge investment, you know, huge investment for the company as far as costs associated with producing these luxuries, as far as logistics, warehousing, shipping, you know? These were all, you know, things that we anticipated, okay, but came in at a higher cost, of course, right? Because we're a startup and we just dove right into it. But for me, that was an investment, right? That was an investment. That was proof of concept and it's investment because in the future, when we order more sneakers, you know, the process will be much faster, you know? Sure. Investing in those molds costs us a fortune, right. you know, but now we own the mold, we have the mold, you know? Um, so I would say, Yes, to be determined, we will lean more on digital wearables for sure. But we also want to open physical stores in the future too, right? Like we're not, we're not, yeah, we want to build out a luxury fashion brand and become the next Balenciaga of Web3, you know? Absolutely. So if we create a physical store, that will be a radical experience right. too. So forget about clothes and hangers and folded you know you can already probably imagine in my head oh, I'm sure. much radical you know more edgy concept where we can experience a fashion retail space in a completely different way you know again time physicals with digital right sure. 
So I believe that in the future, you know, brands like LVMH are carrying, you know, these big luxury brands. Not only will you be able to go into a store, buy a bomber, for example, uh, a physical version of it, you'll be able to go to the other side of the store and buy the digital version as well with the same credit card, okay, that basically ties it to blockchain on the digital side, okay, and maybe the physical side too, huh? because in our roadmap, in the next phase, I will put that chip into the shoe. Sure. We haven't done it yet because on the supply chain side, it would, I basically have to, you know, break their method of producing sneakers that they've done for the past hundred years, right. you know, to add like five more steps into it sure. is not kosher at this, at this stage, you know, but as we scale, okay, as we scale and as our units become bigger, that would be my goal is to actually plug the chip into the shoe so that ultimately this shoe becomes a true digital shoe. Right, you know? true digital, right. True digital. So that's, again, in the pipeline of to come. Got it. Do you think that the owners of the shoes, the physical shoes, do you think they're going to be wearing them or do you think they're going to be just collecting them? I, I hope, I, I hope they're, what do you think, I, that, how does that work? I hope they wear them, but I okay. don't like hiking in them. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think they will. And I think a majority of our collectors, look, we have customers that own 20 pairs. Uh, we oh. have multiple customers and collectors, again, as we call them, that right. own 15, you know, pairs, multiple tens, multiple fives, you know, these are believers in the brand and in the vision and they're collectors, right? Like we really, you know, if you think of NFT collectors, you know, there's no difference between their, let's say profile versus someone that collects art, someone that collects antiques, you know, someone that collects sneakers. It's kind of the same mentality, right? Holding on to something that, you know, as a collectible that will have more value in the future, right? So I do think, I hope they wear it because I would love to see Colton Rain sneakers in real life on the street. I think that's going to be very gratifying. Um, but I assume that some of them will collect. If they own five, they might wear a couple and keep the originals in mint condition, you know? Because as a, as a, as a sneakerhead, you always want it in mint condition, right? Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. So if we can, just to close this out, I'd love to circle back to tap into your experience at established brands. What kind of, what would you be thinking if you were at an established brand, how to move into the metaverse or ways that you would leverage it? What would be going through your head if you were back at, say some of the brands that you, you've been at in the past? Um, that's a great question again. I, if, if I was a big brand right now, the number one thing I would focus on is community. community. Yeah. yeah. It all comes down to culture and community. Um, it's not a space where you can buy your way in. Okay. Right. So, you know, none of your traditional marketing tactics will probably work within web three, you right. know, because it's still in its infant stage and it's very niche. A group of, let's say, uh, collectors, right, that 
hold um, exponential uh, buying power compared to your classic, you know, sure. traditional Web3, let's say, customer, right? Yeah, the, the there is a bridge and more are coming in daily, right, from Web2. Sure three and that's going to be the future mass adoption you know but i would focus on community building um first and i wouldn't jump straight into it with an nft collection i think that's a mistake too you know i would ease into the process uh, building your community first and maybe um, offering some um, some wearables first or try to create a marketing campaign that you know allows you perhaps to partner up with web three brands first i would start with collaborations get your kind of dip your toes into the water a little bit you know before you go full-blown all in you know because the space is it's not an easy space to maneuver around and it moves extremely fast and the risks are quite high you know yeah i think that's great advice well any other closing thoughts you wanted to share i mean you've given us a real incredible sense of where you're going it was actually far beyond what i was expecting so <laughs> thank you for doing that uh, we'll have to in a year i'm really looking forward i mean to what you're going to be doing in london i mean that sounds absolutely fantastic so yeah that's gonna be a big event you know and you know there's gonna be quite a extensive type of vip guest list you know across press etc cetera, etc cetera, and we're really excited so i would say closing thoughts just thank you for inviting me you know always good to kind of talk about the brand and talk about the future and you know we're definitely amidst a bear market right now so right. anybody that's viewing this uh, this podcast stay strong and believe in web3 and you know it's just kind of going through the turbulence right now but i'm sure hopefully soon you know the the turbulence air will stop and you know the sun will come out again Sure. Well, thanks, George. This was really no, um, and I'm sure. Well, maybe I'll see you next week at NFT NYC. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Metaverse Matters by Pebble Ventures. If you enjoyed the content, please do subscribe and rate the show. You could also connect with us on LinkedIn at PebbleVentures.com or directly at Mike at PebbleVentures.com. If you're a brand exploring the space or you're already testing and are looking to develop next level strategies, please do reach out. We'd welcome an introductory conversation to learn more about your goals, where you are in the process, and share our thoughts about your business. Have a great day.